0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 168. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. It's kind of a gloomy Sunday here, as I record. Not a lazy Sunday. I have a day job, a podcast, two podcasts. I write. I have kids. Lazy Sunday is sort of a Mysterious concept that I know is out there, but I have yet to experience it. But it's kind of a gloomy Sunday here. It was rainy earlier. I had to actually turn the lights on in the podcast studio to see what I was doing. Although it's brightening up a bit now, probably because I've started recording the show. Ah, uh, this you know, clouds part and the sun comes out because it's time for Atari bites. Okay, that's cheesy and dumb. Let's move on. Um, in other news. FedEx man brought my new computer yesterday. Uh, I'm not recording this with my new computer, though, because it's not, you know, it's that thing where you're excited to get a new computer, you uh, you need a new computer. I've had this one for, I don't know, 42 years. Um, not quite that long, but a long time, and it was definitely time that I needed to upgrade. Um, actually, what I did, I had an iPad and a laptop that were both really, really old, so now I, I've sort of merged the two into a, a two-in-one uh, computer, you know, laptop, tablet, um, unholy, demon, uh, spawn thing. Um, and it's sitting there waiting for me to set up. It, it's that thing where you're excited to have the new technology, you need the new technology, but you're dreading the actual process of transferring your stuff. Because you got to transfer your files, yeah, you know, get your software reloaded, you know, the programs that you, you use regularly, and you gotta figure out do you need to update stuff? Are you gonna switch? You know, I use Audacity now to record. Am I gonna switch to GarageBand? Um, are you gonna stick with Audacity? Um, do the headphones that I have work? You know, is there, there a port thing to plug the headphones into? And uh, it's exhausting, almost to the point where you dread getting out the new computer, but you know. That's a good problem, good first world problem to have, so uh, I shouldn't complain too much.
1: Gonna prove that the world is flat, in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat, he's Mad Mike Hughes, Mad Mike Hughes.
0: Mad Mike got some press recently, phillyvoice.com did an article recently. Brian Hickey wrote an article uh, that was posted on April 5th. Flat Earth Movement's Rocket Man plans to travel to space, parentheses, and Antarctica, close parentheses. Mad Mike Hughes is at it again, and this time he hopes to travel 62.8 miles above the planet. They have a picture of the rocket. They comment on the March 2018 launch in which rocket and pilot Mad Mike sur- survived relatively unscathed, and the next launch supposedly is going to be from Antarctica. The last launch, he traveled three-tenths of a mile into the heavens in the name of Flat Earth Awareness. There is chatter within the community, the Flat Earth community, about his potential plans to do another launch from Antarctica. And he will apparently share his plans during May's Flat Earth exit the Matrix Expo in Las Vegas. We've mentioned that on the podcast before. Tickets are 20 bucks. You can go to his website and get those tickets. He's quoting Mad Mike here, quoting the promo material. Quote, as plan. A plan to prove the Earth flat or round will be presented to an international audience. From the promo materials, the list of topics to be presented include flat Earth and other controversial subjects. The full list of speakers is yet to be determined. He will announce a, quote, raccoon, all right, launch to the edge of space, and an Antarctic expedition with the goal of reaching the edge of the world, to prove once and for all that this Earth is flat. This is new. I hadn't heard about the Antarctic expedition until now. The guy can't even get a rocket up. How's the... the, I really want to say the dummy. How, I will. The dummy. How's the dummy going to uh, march across Antarctica? Per an associate, the Science Channel, quote, is filming Mike's progress as he plans to go to space to prove out Flat Earth or debunk it. They also comment in, here that, comment in here that Hughes is upset regarding his appearance in, quote, insensitive doofus Logan Paul's movie. Is that the Rocket Man movie they're talking about? Antarctica, according to Flat Earth Society, is a portion of ice surrounding the known Earth, and that, in its end, there is a huge wall of ice with different sizes depending on the sub-theory, which is yet to be fully explored. Another group does or does not plan to sail to the continent through the Flat Earth International Conference. So there's that. Hughes has kind of grown tired of the movement's political infighting. This Philly voice actually talked to Hughes recently, and we're told that he's planning for a May 9th launch either in New Mexico in the middle of the ocean, if the government tries to stop me. Oh. Either New Mexico or the middle of the ocean. Uh, so apparently he is planning that Antarctica thing, but first he wants to launch from New Mexico. He hopes to reach, with the other launch that the Science Channel supposedly is filming, he hopes to reach the Kármán line, some 62.8 miles above Earth, where space begins. So we'll see what shape this rock really is. More people will, I'm quoting Mad Might here, more people will watch this than those who watch the fake moon landing, it will be an incredible, incredible event. People will see what I'm seeing for three hours up there and back, and they'll be able to make up their own minds. I'm really, still quoting here, I'm really tired of a bunch of the big names in the Flat Earth movement. Ego got involved when people started making money, and I headbutted with a lot of people. I'm the only guy capable of actually proving what shape this rock is, and that's by going up into space to do it. People weren't inviting me to big conferences after everything I've done for Flat Earth. Nobody has brought as much attention to it as I have. Thanks largely, of course, to this podcast. I added that part at the end, but I think we all know that's true. All right, so there's that. Nothing new on the This is Rocketman page on Twitter. And coincidentally, nothing new on Rocketman movie, or at Rocketman movie on Twitter either. The last post for them was three three days ago, I guess. Before he changed music, he had to reinvent himself. Taron Edgerton is Elton John in Rocketman. In theater's May 31st. Nothing new on the Mad Mike Hughes Facebook page. And nothing new on the Rocket Man, as in Flat Earth Rocket Man Facebook page. All right, north to Alaska. Sorry, I'm being told that Alaska is not in Antarctica, and in fact, Antarctica is the southernmost continent of the globe. Or, sorry, the giant disk that we all live on. My bad.
1: Go to- in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat He's Mad, Hughes. mad Hughes
0: In other news, you may remember that I talked about how Tesla, the uh, monitor, computer monitor thing on the dashboard of Tesla vehicles, for a while was running various Atari games, but then they got in some trouble because they didn't really have permission to do it. Uh, I think Pole Position was the one that they had to take out. But now they're back, evidently with permission. They have added 2048 and Breakout to their list of games that you can play on the Atari... um, er, Sorry, on the Tesla dashboard. Breakout, I know, of course. I'm not familiar, I don't think, with 2048. They've already got, apparently, Asteroid, Centipede, and Missile Command. These titles, the new ones, will come out in Tesla's Model 3, Model X, and Model S. The software update is due to roll out near the end of April's first week. My plan is to buy all three. The Model 3, the Model X, and the Model F- S, so that I can play, yeah, I can have three different games going in my garage. My, my huge underground bunker of a garage uh, under my mansion. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. Let me know how you guys are planning to uh, prepare to play uh, these, these games in your fleet of Tesla's. But as I recalled, spoil sports set up said you can't actually play the games while you're driving. Bo Alright, what else? I'll do my plug for Misery Banana. My book, Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, is still out there and you can still buy it. Um it's a collection of short stories from this very podcast that you're listening to. Not this episode, of course, but other episodes. Boy, that'd be weird if as we were talking, uh, a book was writing itself somewhere. There's good science fiction story in that. I have to think about that. Anyway, uh, so the book is a thing that is out there in the wild, and you can buy it. One of the things you can, one of the places you can buy it, Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, well, no, actually, you can't. Now that I'm looking at the calendar, because this episode is going out on the Sunday of the Midwest Gaming Classic. As as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on the Sunday, I am in the midst of winding down my. Time at Midwest Gaming Classic. I hope that I have met or revisited a lot of you um, who listen to this podcast. I'm looking forward, as I record this, I'm looking forward to reacquainting with uh, a number of you that I met last year uh, and getting to do that again this year. That would be fun. Uh, I am hoping to see uh, a lot of you at the table. We have, my wife and I actually have, it's a little late to tell you this, I guess, but I'm going to anyway. At this year's conference, we have a, a joint. Two tables. Uh, we're gonna have. I'm gonna be signing books, misery banana books, and selling them. Should you so desire. Uh, my wife will. I'll be talking about Atari bites, of course, too. And my other podcast. It's a podcast Charlie Brown. Uh, my wife will be selling sort of pop culture and video game themed blankets, baby bibs, all sorts of stuff uh, that she has made and, and will have for sale there. It has had for sale there as you're listening to this. So I hope you stopped by and checked out some of that stuff, or even if you know you're not interested in buying anything, just stop. I hope you stopped by and said hi. So um, that's what I've been doing as you're listening to this. Next week, uh, spoiler for the end of this episode, when I tell you what's up next week. Uh, next week, my plan is to talk about everything that's happened at the conference um, for me. So looking forward to that. Yeah. So that's the thing there. But this week we still have a game to talk about. So let's do that. This week's game is...
1: Say, a funny thing happened when I started to play Congo Bongo. Hey, these nuts are crazy. Who are these guys? Hey, fellas, let's not get carried away. Oh, no. Maybe I'll go for a swim. On second thought, maybe I'll go for a walk lady this is a one-way street hey that's the guy i've been looking for congo bongo from sega it lasts a long long time
0: congo <laughs> bongo from sega 1983 on the cover we have uh we're told this is congo bongo the official arcade version for the atari 2600 in all compatible systems we see the jungle hunter not uh dudley dildo what was the guy's name in Jungle Hunt. Whatever that guy's name it? This guy, I guess, not that guy. But he looks an awful lot like that guy. Mostly he looks like generic, um, uh, cliche jungle hunter guy. With the big walrus mustache and stuff. He's got, uh, a few monkeys standing behind him. Not giving him rabbit ears. But pretty much the looks on their face. The, they would be giving them, uh, giving him rabbit ears. Had they ever seen a rabbit. Do rabbits live in the jungle? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, he also has, uh. Some sort of large jungle snake wrapped around his neck, but does not seem concerned about it. Anyway, and then in the tiniest print ever, that even with my glasses is hard to read, we're told that you're a hunter on a jungle safari. The jungle is full of creatures determined to give you a run for your life, but none of them can match the mis- uh, the mischief of Congo Bongo, the jungle gorilla. The only one, apparently. On the first screen, you have to climb Jungle Mountain to get the gorilla. Climb the cliffs and leap across the chasm. Don't get a monkey on your back, or you won't get anywhere. Watch out for, for the coconuts. You put the lime in the coconut, you shake it all up, and it hits you on the head. But no, you have to watch out for the coconuts Congo will throw your way. They're deadly. The second screen takes you to the Great Jungle River in your search for Congo Bongo. You'll have to cross the river by hopping on hippos, floating pads, and man-eating fish. Once you cross, you'll have to deal with charging rhinos, and they're no fun. One slip and it's safari heaven. So, you insert the game cartridge with the power off. When you turn the power on, you hear the opening theme. And it's a jaunty, bouncy little theme. You'll be singing it all day. You see the copyright notice, game select, you can have one or two players in which you take turns if you're playing with two players. Using the joystick for this, I hit the reset or joystick button to start the game. Joystick obviously moves your hunter, and the hunter jumps when you press the fire button. Skill switches. Left switch selects the number of lives. B, you get five lives. A, you get three. I was playing on B level, and that was frustrating enough. The right uh, skill switch lets you select the speed of the hunter. B is novice, which is slow speed and easier to control. A is expert uh, fast speed. I didn't really look, but now that I think about it, I may have been playing with the uh, speed at at, uh, fast speed. So maybe that's why I was frustrated. I don't know. Maybe I'm just frustrated in general. Screen one is the jungle mountain. You must climb up the mountain without falling off while avoiding killer coconuts. Congo will throw your way. In play levels 1 to 3, there is a safe path area close to the wall, but it gets smaller as play levels increase. Also, the coconuts will follow more closely as play levels increase. After you cross the bridge, carefully jump the ledge. Don't stay on the ledge too long, or it caves in, in, taking one of your three lives with it. Next, you come to Monkey Plateau. Up here, you'll be bothered by two pesky chimps. If If they hop on your back, they'll slow you down to a crawl. Jump your hunter twice to get the chimps off your back. As play levels increase, the monkeys become more annoying. After you cross the river, climb the last two steps to Congo's perch and run up to the light green of Congo's turf. Your success is rewarded with a quick trip to the next jungle encounter, the Grey Jungle River. Here, the hunter must jump across the river on lily pads, hippos, or the safe to the safe island and the ferocious fish. Avoid the charging rhinos to get to Congo on the other side. Player must first jump to the lily pads and the hippos to get to the safe islands. The lily pads move in simple pattern in play levels one to four but get harder in higher play levels. Land on the center of the lily pad as they are floating and sticking and sinking. As they are floating and sinking. And you might fall off the edge. The edge. Hippos and fish only allow the hunter to stand on them for a limited time before tossing you into the water. The time gets shorter as play levels increase. Be careful if you land on the fish's tail. They can flip you into the water and you lose a life. Once safely on the other side, watch out for raging rhinos. Be careful to avoid them as you go across. Keep walking to the side and get to Congo Bongo. Screen 3, the hunter gets even. Here you will enjoy fighting Congo with play time, with play fire. But don't worry, Congo can take the heat and will return to harass you in screen 1 at the next play level. So by getting even, you mean not actually getting even at all, because it's kind of fruitless. Even if I defeat him, he's just going to come back again. There's a metaphor for life in there somewhere. You begin each screen of play level at play. You begin. Hold on. You begin each screen of play level 1 with 5,000 bonus points. The number of bonus points steadily decreases by 100 points until you reach 0 and have run out of time. As you advance play levels, the beginning number of bonus points is higher. Level 2, 6,000. 7,000 at level 3. 8,000 at 4. 9,000 at play level 5 or more. You get 10 points for each step taken, and 500 points for jumping across the chasm. When you are in 10,000 points, you receive an additional life. You'll play that life immediately after your current life is over. Because that's how lives work, I guess. I don't know why they needed to tell you that. At the beginning of the first screen, there are some safe spots on the far left where you can avoid coconuts. To cross the bridge, notice that the coconuts come in waves. On Monkey Plateau, there are a few safe spots near the river's edge. On screen one, you can safely jump over the river any place along its bank. The further away from the white water edge, the safer it is to jump. Oh, maybe I was doing it the opposite in the field report. I think I was going right to the white water edge. Silly me. On screen number two, jump very carefully from place to place. And number six of Play Hints, have fun! More great games from Sega! Star Trek Strategic Operations Simulator and Buck Rogers Planet of Zoom. Both of which I have talked about on the podcast. Go look for those episodes. Do it. Do it now. Okay, welcome back. Atari HQ observed that, you know, you would think that publishers would know when to leave well enough alone. That some games just shouldn't even be attempted on inferior software. Parker Brothers found that out the hard way with Star Wars. Ditto for Atari with its dismal effort with Kangaroo and Coleco with Zaxxon. But they try anyway. Sega took a shot and also failed miserably with two dismal efforts on the 2600 Buck Rogers Planet of Zoom and Congo Bongo. This sorry coin up port features only two of the arcade version's four screens. And then he goes through and describes those, the coconuts, the ape looks goofy, and he kind of describes the, the levels. Even those with low expectations of VCS coin-op a- adaptations will be disappointed with the severely flawed port. The mountain, or at least that's what Sega wants us to believe, looks like a big stairway and the monkeys flicker like there's no tomorrow. If that's bad enough, Sega completely abandoned an attempt at the 3D isometric view of the Great River screen, on the Great River screen, opting instead for the standard overhead view, thus turning this stage into a crappy Frogger clone. For fans of the arcade original seeking relief with the 5200, Coleco, and Commodore versions of the game, they're terrible too. Oh well. Atari Prodos isn't much nicer. Once considered to be one of the bigger disappointments in the 2600 library, Congo Bongo had a lot of potential, but was ultimately botched on almost every uh, system it came out for. Only featuring two of the four arcade levels, first thing should have been, this thing should have been called Congo or Bongo because you're getting 50% of the game. With crap graphics, dodgy collision detection, and only two levels, Congo Bongo is a disappointment all around. Sega was noted for doing some arcade, some awesome arcade games in their day. But their home conversions usually bit the big one. Strangely, Congo Bongo received rave reviews from many of the top video game magazines of the day. You've got to wonder what the heck they were smoking, or how much or how much Sega was paying them. All right then, well, let's play this thing. After the break, Congo, Bongo. But do you go? Matthew McConaughey famously likes to play bongos naked. Want to know how I play Congo Bongo? Alright, there's my dude. Um, My immediate reaction to this game is uh, the graphics are bad. uh, Coconut just took me out. Um, The movement. Of your guys, awkward. Uh, I was doing better than this before I started recording. Um, But yeah, the movement is stiff. The board, the scene looks weird. Uh, Anyone who played the arcade game would be hugely disappointed in what you're looking at right now. Man. Uh, You get five guys. I like that, I guess. The moment I seem to need them, get up there. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble this time. Alright, I'm approaching. Man, I was approaching the monkeys, and then he just took a flying leap for no apparent reason. Let's try this again. You've got what essentially amounts to Donkey Kong waiting for you at the top of the screen. What the heck? This time, he just seems to take flying leaps for no apparent reason. Up there. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble all of a sudden. Walk, you guy. The ultimate insult. You guy. You know, the monkeys are on my back. I got a monkey on my back. Okay. What the heck? George is getting upset. Good grief. So, yeah, I guess the frustration is just illustrating the point that the controls are sticky and awkward. The board looks weird. The coconuts are just circles flying at you, or ovals, I guess. Um, The monkeys, I guess, kind of look like monkeys. Your guy looks like some sort of weird ghost thing. Now, I did this fine before. Trying to get across the little river thing get to Conga Bongo. Now all of a sudden I can't do it. Alright. What the heck? I didn't even do anything that time. Alright. I am frustrated. Which, you know, is a sign of a good Atari game or a really bad Atari game. Uh, You can take your pick, I guess. Back to you in the studio. Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart-by-Cart Podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at XEGS8Bit.com. That's XEGS, the number 8, bit.com. So here's the thing about Congo Bongo. When I was a kid, like many of us of a certain age, we watched Starcade, I think on the USA Network. And I remember fairly vividly seeing some dude playing the arcade version of Congo Bongo and was blown away. And I myself also played Congo Bongo in the arcade uh, occasionally. Um, I think maybe uh, Showbiz Pizza. Minneapolis, which was about the closest to an arcade that I was able to get to most of my childhood, uh, where I was, Um, at least with any regularity. So I think I'm I'm sure I must have played it there. And I really liked it. It was cool. You know, the, the pseudo 3D thing for, you know, the early 80s was pretty cool. I never got to play it on the Atari at home or any other version at home as a kid, but I was always kind of disappointed by that. Having played it now, I didn't miss much. I am—I uh, was truly disappointed with it today. Um, not only is it frustrating to play, it doesn't look very good. Um, there's just not a whole lot to keep you coming back to this game. And that makes me sad, like I said, because it was one I was really looking forward to doing. Um, oh well. It, the lesson here today, kids, is life is full of disappointment.
1: It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill.
0: This week's story is titled, I've Got a Lovely Bunch of Coconuts, But Is That All There Is to Life? The jungle shook as the mighty Congo Bongo stamped his massive feet, beating his chest and roaring to the heavens. "'He was the true king of the jungle.' "'The jungle hunter approached. "'Kongo Bongo knew he was supposed to be afraid. "'But the little man was so small, so inconsequential. "'Kongo Bongo could not be afraid. "'The jungle hunter clung to a massive lily pad in a swamp. "'See here,' the hunter said. "'I'll tolerate no more of this foolishness.' "'His walrus mustache belied his poor swimming ability "'as the jungle hunter slipped from the lily pad "'into a pile of rhino muck. "'This made Congo Bongo laugh even harder.' Seeing that Kongo Bongo was laughing, his hippo and rhinoceros minions felt safe to laugh, too. Still chucking coconuts, Kongo Bongo roared, Take them! Take them all! Soon, as with the mighty armies of old, this land will quake from coconuts rumbling forth. And I, I shall deliver coconuts to the four corners, and in that way claim dominion over all. The jungle hunter pleaded, Please, Kongo Bongo, your coconut distribution path is unparalleled. No other jungle king can keep up. Kongo Bongo became furious. Other jungle king? There is no other jungle king. There is only Kongo Bongo. I deliver more coconuts to more minions who benefit from my largesse. (coughs) Startled, Kongo Bongo looked frantically over his shoulder. Where was this strange noise coming from? He looked up at Jungle Mountain. Yes, it must be. The mountain was speaking to him. But what was it trying to say? The voice of the mountain only rang through the land in times of great strife. "'In times when all of creation was in peril, Congo Bongo knew this message must be significant. Congo, the voice intoned. "'It is time?' "'Conrad Bongosian' "'banged his head against the overhead compartment of his cubicle "'as he regained consciousness from his little nap. "'It is time? Time for what?' "'The dream was fading.' Dream World and Real World slugged it out for control and, as always, reality won. Conrad sometimes regretted setting his laptop to chime every time an email came in. On one hand, it pierced the corporate gloom of this cubicled wing of Love Your Coconuts, Inc. The company had not embraced open-concept office seating arrangements. On the other hand, the cheerful little chirp of an arriving email usually belied the digi- digital crap flow from the regional coconut distributor that had just arrived in Conrad's inbox. As assistant to the regional coconut distributor, Conrad Conrad had very little power, a moderate amount of responsibility, except for the interesting stuff like corporate retreats and whatnot, and a whole lot of crap that flowed like coconut milk down the mountainside. Mountainside? What made Conrad think of that analogy? Anyway, the email was a reminder that the video conference was about to start. Conrad clicked on the conferencing app, a small gesture that nevertheless signaled a monumental surrender to banal reality. The regional coconut distributor's big dumb mustache filled the screen. The world asserted itself. But did Conrad insert an animated coconut into the conference screen? Over the regional distributor's head that every once in a while he could pop like a zit, sending a satisfying spray of animated coconut milk all over that stupid conference? Yes, yes he did. The real world always wins, but the dream world never dies.
1: here a tune that we recorded just a couple of years called I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Bob Gribbon gonna sing that he thing. Sure is. I'm gonna sit over here and listen. Burb, you all ready? Really? Boys, here we go. as an English fair, one evening I was there, when I heard a showman shouting underneath the fair, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, there they are standing in the air, big ones, small ones, some as big head, you give them a twist, the of the wrist, it's what the showman said, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, every wall you fell will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing it, roll a ball, a penny a pinch. Sing it, roll a ball, a ball a penny a pinch. Sing it, roll a ball, a ball a penny a pinch. Roll a ball, a Roll a ball, a ball. Sing it, roll a ball, a ball a penny a pinch. I've got another lovely bunch of coconuts. <miteinander> Every bowl you throw will make me rich. <nichts great> there stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing roll a poll of all a penny of it. All together now! Sing roll-a-poll-a-poll-a-penny Harmony! Roll-a-poll-a-poll-a-penny of it. roll a poll a poll a penny of it. A penny a penny.
0: And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks also to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes update theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, including Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, on and on and on. You already know that because you're listening to it. Make sure, though, wherever you go to listen to the show, that you follow the trail of coconuts over to iTunes and, much like Congo Bongo, chuck a milky review down upon the heads of iTunes listeners, drenching them in the knowledge that this podcast is awesome and that they should listen to it. And now don't forget, you can call the show. You can leave us a voicemail about any damn thing you want by calling 563-265-1978. You can also support the show financially, should you be able to do that at the Atari Bytes Patreon page um, or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at the AB underscore pod underscore store store on Zazzle.com links to all of that in the show notes. The website is ataribytes.libson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Hit us up on Instagram too while you're at it. Why not? Make Make it a day of looking at all the places on the internet that you can find stuff about Atari Bytes. Why not? And don't forget to check out my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. See? More things you can do that relate to me. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, is a show all about everything in the Peanuts universe. The comic strip, the TV shows, the movies, Charles Schultz, the characters, the merchandise. All of it. You love Peanuts. Admit it, you love Peanuts. And you certainly know people who love Peanuts. So tell them about this show. Episodes drop on the 15th of every month. And, of course, don't forget to check out Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, on sale now wherever you like to order your books. Next time on Atari Bytes. No game next week. I will be fresh off of Midwest Gaming Classic and probably have thoughts. So I will talk all about that on the next episode. If you have thoughts about Midwest Gaming Classic, send them to me right now, and I can try to work them into the show. If, because of production schedules being what they are, I'm sure I won't record next Sunday, as I want to do the Sunday that this episode is coming out, but I will record sometime that week. Uh, So if you want to try to get me your thoughts about Midwest Gaming Classic, do that thing. If for some reason it doesn't get into my Midwest Gaming Classic wrap-up episode, but don't worry, I will share them the following week. Okay? Do that thing. That's your mission. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.